Hello everybody, this is my second upload of The Wings of Fire, Dragnet Prophecy, Chapter 1, Part 1, Under the Mountain. Six years later, Chapter 1. Clay didn't think he was the right dragon for a big, heroic destiny. Oh, he wants it to be. He wants to be the great, muttering savior of the dragon world, glorious and brave. He wanted to do all the wonderful things expected of him. He wanted to look at the world, figure out what was broken, and fix it. But he wasn't a natural hatched hero. He had no legendary qualities at all. He liked sleeping more than studying. And he kept losing chickens in the caves during hunting practice because he was paying attention to his friends instead of watching for feathers. He was alright at fighting, but alright wasn't going to stop the war. Save the dragon tribes. He needed to be extraordinary. He was the biggest dragonette, so he was supposed to be scare, the scary, tough one. The... Minders wanted him to be terrifying, dangerous. Clay felt felt as dangerous as Cauliflower. Fight, his attacker howled, flinging him across the cavern. Clay crashed into the rock wall and scrambled up again, trying to spread his mud-colored wings for balance. Red talons raked at his face and ducked away. Come on, the red dragon snarled. Stop holding back. Find the killer monster. Find the killer inside of you. Inside you and let it out. I'm trying, Clay said. Maybe if we could stop and talk about it. She lunged at him again. Feint to the left. Roll right. Use your fire. Clay tried to duck under her wing to attack from below. But of course, he rolled the wrong way. One of her talons smashed him to the ground and he yelped with pain. Which left was that useless? Which left was that useless? Kestrel bellowed in his ear. Are all mud wings this stupid or are you just deaf? Well, if you keep that up, I will be soon, Clay thought. The skywing lifted her claws and he wriggled free. I don't know about other mud wings, he protested, licking his sore talons. Obviously, perhaps, obviously, perhaps we could try fighting without all the shouting and see. He stopped, hearing the familiar hiss that came before one of Kestrel's fire attacks. He threw his wings. He threw his wings over his head, tucked his long neck in, and rolled into the maze of stalagmites that studded one corner of the cave. Flames blasted the rocks around him and singeing the tip of his tail. Coward, the older dragon bellowed. She smashed one of the rock columns into a shower of sharp black pebbles. Clay covered his eyes and almost immediately felt her stamp down hard on her tail, on his tail. Ow, he yelled. Your stomping tails was cheating. Wait, let me say that. Ow, he said. You said stomping tails was cheating. Cheating. He he seized the closest stalagmite between his claws and scrabbled up 
on top of it. From his perch near the roof, he glared down at his guardian. I'm your teacher, Kestrel snarled. Nothing I do is cheating. Get down here and fight like a skywing. But I'm not a skywing, Clay, thought rebelliously. I'm a mudwing. I don't like setting things on fire or flapping around in circles, biting other dragon necks. His teeth still ached from Kestrel's jeweled hard scales. Can't I fight one of the others, he asked. I'm much better at that. The other dragon nests were his own size, nearly. And they didn't cheat. Well, most of the time. He actually liked fighting with them. Oh yes, which opponent would you prefer? The stunted salmon or the lazy rainwing? Kestrel said, because I'm sure you'll get to choose on the battlefield. Her tail glowed like embers as she slashed it back and forth. Glory's not lazy, Clay said loyally. She's not built for fighting, that's all. Webb says there's not much to fight about in the rainforest because the rainwings have all the food they want. He says that's why they've stayed out of the war so far because none of the rival queens want rainwings in their armies anyways. Anyway, he says, Stop yammering and get down here, Kestrel roared. She reared up on her back legs and flared her wings. So, so she suddenly looked three times bigger. With a yelp of alarm, Clay tried to leap to the next slagmite, but his wings unfurled too, too slowly and he was smacked into the side of it instead. Sparks flew from his claws, scraping down the jagged rock. He let out another yowl of pain as Kestrel snaked her head between the columns, seized his tail in her teeth, and yanked him out into the open. Uh, her talons closed around his neck and she hissed in his ear. Where's the violent little monster I saw when you hatched? That's the dragon we need for the prophecy. Gulp. Gulp. Clay squawked, clawing at her grip. He could feel the strange burn scars on her palms scraping against the scales. This was how battle training went with Kestrel. This is how battle training with Kestrel always ended with him. Unconscious and sore or limping for days afterward. Fight back, he thought. Get mad. Do something. But although he was the biggest of the dragonets, they were still a year away from being full grown and Kestrel towered over the him. He tried to summon some helpful violent rage, but all he could think was, it'll be over soon, then I can go and have dinner. So, not the most heroic train of thought. Suddenly, Kestrel let out a roar, dropped him, fire blasted over Clay's head, and he hit the floor with a thud. The red dragon whirled around behind her. Panting definitely was the seeming dragonette, Tsunami. A red gold scale was caught in between her sharp right, white teeth. She spat it out and glared at their teacher. Stop picking on clay, Tsunami growled, or I'll bite you again. Wait, let me say that. Stop picking on clay, Tsunami growled, or I'll bite you again. Her deep blue scales shimmered like cold bat glass in the torchlight. 
The gills in her long neck were pulsing like they always did when she was angry. Kestrel sat back and flickered her tail around to examine and flicked her tail around to examine the bite mark. She bared her teeth at Tsunami. Aren't you sweet? Protecting a dragon who tried to kill you while you were an egg. But luckily, you big dragons were there to save our lives, Tsunami said, and we sure appreciate it. Because now we get to hear about it all the time. She marched around to stand between Clay and Kestrel. Clay winced. He hated hearing the story. He didn't understand it. He'd never want to hurt the other dragonettes. So why had he attacked their eggs during hatching? Did he really have a killer monster inside him somewhere? The other minders, Webbs and Dune, said he'd been ferocious when he hatched. They'd have to throw him in the river to protect the other eggs from him. Kestrel wanted him to find the monster and use it when he fought. But he was afraid if he ever did, he would hate himself, and so would everyone else. Thinking about what he'd nearly done to his friends made him feel like all the fire had been sucked out of him. He didn't particularly, particularly, he didn't particularly, he didn't partly want to be a violent, angry monster, even if Kestrel thought that would be an improvement. But maybe that was the only way to make the prophecy come true. Maybe the monster was his destiny. But maybe that was the only way to make the prophecy come true. Maybe that monster was his destiny. All right, Kestrel said dismissively. We're finished here anyway. I'll mark another failure in your scroll, Mudwing. She started a small flame in the air and swept out of the cave. Clay flopped down on the floor as soon as her red tail had vanished from sight. It felt like every one of his scales was stinging from the burns. She's going to be so mean to you during your training tomorrow, he said to Tsunami. Oh no, the seeming dragonette gasped. I've never seen Kestrel be mean before. That'll be so unexpected and out of character. Ow, Clay groaned. Don't make me laugh. I think my ribs are broken. Your ribs are not broken, Tsunami said, poking him in the side with her nose. Dragon bones are almost as hard as diamonds. You're fine. Get up and jump in the river. No, Clay buried buried her his head under his wings too cold jump in the river was tsunami's solution to everything bored aching bones dry scales brain overstuffed with the history of the war jump in the river she'd shout whenever the other dragonettes complained she certainly did not care that she was the only one who could breathe underwater or that most of the other dra- tri- the dragon tribes hated getting wet Clay didn't mind being wet, but he couldn't stand being cold. And the underground river that flowed through their cave home was always freezing. Get in, Tsunami ordered. Get in, Tsunami ordered. She seized his tail between her front talons and started dragging him toward the river. You'll feel better. 
I will not, Clay shouted, clawing at the smooth stone floor. I'll feel colder. Stop it. Go away. Arr! His protest went up in a cloud of bubbles as tsunami, tsunami dumped him in the icy water. When he resurfaced, she was floating beside him, ducking her head and splashing water over her scales like a beautiful overgrown fish. Clay felt like a gawky brown blob next to her. He splooshed into the shallows and lay down on the submerged rock ledge with his head rested on the bank of the river. He wouldn't admit it, but the burns and aches did feel better in the water. The current helped wash away the smoky rock dust cut between his dry scales. Still too cold, thought Clay scratched. Thought. Still too cold, though. Clay scratched at the rock below him. Why couldn't there be just a little mud down here? Kesha would be sorry one day when I'm queen of the sea wing, Tsunami said, swimming up and down the narrow channel. I thought only a queen's daughter or sister could challenge her for the throne, Clay said to Tsunami. Clay said, Tsunami swam so fast, he wished he had webs between his talons too, or gills, or a tail like hers, so powerful she could nearly empty the river with one big splash. Well, maybe the seeming queen is my mother and I'm a lost princess, she said, like in the story. Everything the dragonettes knew about the outside world came from scrolls picked up by the Talons of Peace. Their favorite was the missing princess, a legend about a runaway seeming dragonette whose royal family tore up the whole ocean looking for her. At the end, she found her way home. Her parents welcomed her with open wings and feasting feasting and joy. Clay always skipped the adventures in the middle of the story. He just liked the last part. The happy mother and father and the feasting. The feasting sounded pretty good. Great too. I wonder what my parents are like. Clay didn't think that. Didn't think about that. He knew the dragonettes were dying in the. Let me say that again. He knew dragons were dying in the war every day. Kestrel and Webbs brought back news of bloody battles, scorched land, and burning piles of dragon bodies. But he had to believe his parents were still safe. Do you think they ever miss us? Definitely. Definitely, Tsunami flicked a spray of water at him with her tail. I bet mine were frantic when Webb stole my egg, just like in the story. And mine tore apart the marshes, Clay said. They'd all imagined scenes of their parents' desperate searches ever since they were young dragonettes. Clay liked the idea that someone out there was looking for him. That someone missed him and wanted him back. 
Tsunami flipped into her back. Wait. Tsunami flipped onto her back, gazing up at the stone roof with her translucent green eyes. Well, the talons of peace knew what they were doing, she said bitterly. No one would ever find us down here. They listened to the river gurgle, and the torches crackled for a moment. We won't be underground forever, Clay said, trying to make her feel better. I mean, if the Talons of Peace want us to stop the war, they'll have to let us out sometime. He scratched behind his ear thoughtfully. Starflight says it's only two more years. Then he had to hold on long enough he only had to hold on that long wait what he only had to hold on that long and then we can go home and eat as many cows as we want first well first we save the world tsunami said then we go home right said clay how they were going to save the world was a little fuzzy, but everyone seemed to think they'd figure it out when the time came. Clay pulled himself out of the river. His waterlogged wings heavy and droopy, drooping. He spread them in front of one of the torches arching his neck and trying to get warm. Feeble waves of heat wafted against the scales. Unless, Tsunami said. Clay lowered his head and looked at her. Unless what? Clay lowered her. Unless we, we've seen her, she said. She flipped over and pulled herself out of the water in one graceful mo motion. Leave, Clay echoed, startled. How? On her own? Why not, she said. If we can find a way out, why should we have to wait another two years? I'm ready to save the world now, aren't you? Clay wasn't sure he'd ever be ready to save the world. He figured the Talons of Peace would tell them what they had to do. The only three guardian dragons, Kestrel, Webbs, and Dune, knew where the dragonets were hidden. But there was a whole network of Talons out there getting ready for the prophecy. We can't stop the war by ourselves, he said. We wouldn't know where to start. Tsunami flapped her wings at him in an exasperation, showering him with cold droplets. We can too stop the war on our own, she said. That's the whole point of the prophecy. Maybe in two years, Clay said. Maybe by then I'll have found my dangerous side. Maybe then I'll be the ferocious fighter Kestrel wants me to be. Maybe sooner, she said stubbornly. Think about it, all right? He shifted his feet. All right, I'll think about it. At least that way he could stop arguing with her. Tsunami cocked her head. Did I hear dinner? The faint sound of dis dismay mooing echoed up the tunnel behind them she poked clay cheerfully race you to the hall 
she whirled and pounded the way without waiting for a response. The torches in the battle room seemed dimmer. The cold water was seeping under Clay's scales as he folded his wings. He folded his wings and swept his tail through the debris of the smashed rock column. Tsunami was crazy. The five dragonettes weren't ready to stop the war. Wait, sorry. The five dragonettes weren't ready to stop the war. They wouldn't know how to survive on their own. Maybe Tsunami was brave and tough like a hero should be, but Sunny, Glory, and Starflight? Clay? Thought of all. Clay thought of all the things that might hurt them and wished he could give them his own scales and claws and teeth for extra protection. Besides, there was no way to escape the caves. The Talons of Peace had made sure of that. Still, part of him wouldn't help wondering what it would be like to go home now instead of waiting another two years. Back in the marshes, to the swamps, to the whole tribe of mudwings who looked like him and thought like him, back to his parents, whoever they were. What if they could do it? What if the dragonets could escape and survive and save the world their own way? Thank you for listening to Chapter 1, The Dragonet Prophecy. There will be a Q&A in the description. Thanks for listening. Bye.